0: Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's
1: the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. And we are back in a new year, and we are taking a look at some old beers this week on the Beer Geeks WILK. I can hear myself now. I uh, have, for some reason, I uh, usually get sick maybe once a year, but for some reason, 2015 uh, hated me. And just kept kicking with me and uh, has hung on to making me sick into this year. So, good riddance, they say.
2: Man, I don't know. (laughs) It's 2016. I'm really proud of myself because I work at a job where I actually have to
1: write the date quite often oh, and yeah. i've not written a 15 yet so i'm i'm patting myself the you know what buddy. the worst is because it, it <laughs> usually because you're so hyper focused on that like yeah. i've done that and then in like march or something yep. i'll screw it up and i'll put something <laughs> and I'm like where did that even come from like what so i don't but yeah that's always a good time uh so hopefully everybody made it through the new year had a good time was relaxing we got some really good beers uh uh, let me go through he who's here first for you and start going off on, on antics. Uh, I am here, Derek Warren, joined with my lovely co host, Matt from Massive Beer Reviews. What up, buddy? Who's always been here with me. And George from George is back. Finally back. Yeah, he's back in studio. And Billy is still out in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, off the grid. In his natural habitat. He's still working on that manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back, uh, I believe, next week. Billy will be back to join us. Uh, they've had a lot of stuff going on at the L House, too, so he's been busy up there. Uh, but no, we're all back. George and I actually made. Another trip up to our wonderful Rushing Duck Brewery We like to go up and visit there eh, Probably every other month or so We get up there And uh, we went up on New Year's Eve And picked up some stuff And swung by a couple of other bottle shops To be able to prep for New Year's Eve So I had a good time With a lot of their beers Another brewery We keep telling you to go up there They're an hour and 20 minutes From us right here And they actually made it on top 10 lists for two of us last week Definitely. Really good brewery. Uh, But let me get into a little bit of beer news before I start getting into a lot of our stuff. Now, there's not a lot going on. Uh, You know, last year, towards the end of the year, there was a flurry of buyouts, as we've already covered. Uh, And then it's kind of been quiet into the new year, and it'll start up again, don't worry. But the the big news, really, to close out the year, one of the most interesting things is the total number of U.S. breweries now has reached 4,144. Now, what's interesting about that is that is the most since the previous peak, and the previous peak was 4,131 in 1873.
2: Now, I'm curious. Are they going by registered names, or are they going by actual production?
1: Or I don't think like they're that? going by actual. I think they're, they're going by what's officially recognized as now an open, functioning brewery, like the, the paperwork's done and everything. So in all technicalities, those breweries could be producing. I don't <laughs> know if they all are have formerly been, but they're recognized by the Brewer's Association as being a functioning brewery. I'd be curious to see actually wh- how many
2: are actually up and producing a bunch of beer, you know what I mean? Because I know a yeah. lot of people, you know, big eyes, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, kind of open register, up the yeah. But it, um, what do you think about this year? I think I actually might see a slight slowdown this year for some reason. I have a vibe where it's like... It's not bubble bursting, but we're starting to plateau a little bit. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be as aggressive as it was the previous couple of years. I don't think it's going to be like a dramatic, like you're going from, I don't know, let's say 2000 to, you know, a hundred. It's not going to be anything dramatic like that, but it'll be, you'll start to see it kind of level off, like not as a huge jump because, you know, a lot of people getting into it, it's like very sexy and like, you know, we've had, we had Broken Goblet on, they're talking about like, they all are still working their day jobs. It's a very, you know, gratifying thing if you're into that and uh, all that stuff, but it's not a very financially rewarding position to be in. Well,
2: I'm also curious as if that list takes into account the the breweries that ABM InBev bought.
1: Because if it did, then the number could go down. Because just well, yeah, you know, cause not, they could no, buy so many, so, yeah. it'd just be like one brewery left. Yeah,
2: one,
1: <laughs> basically, where it was at, we'll just go back to those days. That, that's what's going to be interesting to see is when those buyouts go from being large... To kind of intermingling We started to see that already With Oscar Blues Picking up some uh, Green Flash With Alpine And all Like You're going to start to see More of that I think in the coming year And it's not going to be So much as a buyout In the sense of AB InBev Trying to Compete in the market But kind of Even more to Circle the wagons And protect one another Yeah is, Like bolster themselves in, yeah. So they protect themselves Kind of like the, the
2: To a lesser extent Or greater extent The way Duvell Has kind of yeah. bought places And left them alone smaller conglomerates can con- yeah. together to and that that's off. R-
1: I think that's going to be a trend that we see start to pick up a little bit this year and going forward because that's really you know, we started to see like Dogfish and a few other breweries got into private investors and everything working with them. And Dogfish, you know, came out very adamantly when they made that announcement that they are going to buy this back. They have all the intention of like, we're doing this to buy it back. We're not selling them percentage. We're doing this to get the money as a normal business procedure. Um, but I think you're going to start to see more breweries going in this direction to kind of keep themselves and being able to be bought out because that's really once you go into that direction, the next, next next, uh, available option really is to go into an IPO route, which is what we saw with that palace point. And then all of a sudden you kind of, once those floodgates open, they happen with the lesion. Um, once those floodgates open, you're kind of at the whim of what's going on out there and... When someone wants to get in, they're storming the gates.
2: And that's the funny thing about Breeze. They're almost becoming like a <clears throat> pseudo, like like the way we treat celebrities and that they have to be totally transparent about what they do up front before they get quote unquote caught. Like with Dogfish Head, they just basically borrowed money so they could do more yeah. stuff. Yeah. And instead of mean like, normally you just go to the bank, take the money and then who cares? But here they almost had to be like, hey. We borrowed this, don't jump to conclusions. Yeah. We're not doing anything crazy. here. We just borrowed some money mm-hmm. so we could build.
1: Yeah, yeah. and, that, and it's, it, that's just the, the nature of the beast where it is because people are so sensitive to that now because everything's gone on. It's like, oh, crap, here comes another one. It's like, no, that's not necessarily where it's going to always go. It's like some businesses have to bolster themselves, and that's mm-hmm. a normal business practice. But you know that that to me was the big news to end this year out is just where things have been going and how big everything has gone in the U.S. And it's interesting going back historically looking at that because we went from those 4,000 to basically seven, it was, in the, in the uh, 70s, yeah. uh, and then coming back that aggressively. I mean, you're going from you know well over 100 years growing to that number to then, what, 40 to, well, to get back to above that number? Yeah, I mean, it's just becoming such, a, it, beer is becoming such a
2: normal thing of everyday life for everybody. There's a there's a to-go shop in um, Grand Central Station in New York where you can get beers so you can drink them on the train. <laughs> that's how nor- and yeah. good beer not, oh, yeah, yeah. not like crap beer so it's like becoming that thing where it's just hey it's I mean in like a- 40s and stuff yeah yeah, for your, for your homies because <laughs> you, you gotta pour it out for your homies <laughs> but uh, but so it's like becoming that thing where it's just you know part of the everyday life which yeah. is fantastic
1: yeah it's, it's just becoming and the, like there's more there's actually a thing I saw today about more schools having like online courses for the like they're they're getting into it looking at it as a business so people are getting uh, trained more in the specific business of this and so it's gonna really continue down it's not stopping anytime Soon, it's not a fad, if you will. It's it's become a lifestyle, basically. I I believe it was two weeks ago. I could be wrong.
2: Maybe a month, close enough. um, CIA, the world's largest, um, yeah, culinary school, opened up their own brewery, yeah, brewing program. So.
1: And that's a big thing go. for them because that's been the, the long push in most of those food schools, like the culinary schools, is the, the wine and, and food pairing. And that's yeah. been a huge push for them to understand that. And now it's, there's been a pushback for the past couple of years of like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you? And they finally have now opened that up because they recognize it as, this isn't going away. It's not a fad. And people have really become much more educated on it. And there's so much more going on. So yep. it's not going anywhere. But uh, it's getting a couple new beers are going be coming out uh, relatively soon. Uh, Clown shoes. Was announced. They have the barista. It's uh, their brown angel ale with coffee. From the way it sounds, they kind of haven't really said what it was. It was just the artwork. They kind of always keep this comic book artwork where mm-hmm. there's characters that interplay with one another. So that one was that. That's going not shoes. And then uh, Loganitas has their Bitter Oats coming out. It's going to be their first in the one-hitter series for the year, which is always a great series of beers. They have some really cool ones. They've done that. And then uh, Allagash has their St. Klippenstein (laughs) Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout, which is interesting from Allagash. To see that coming out, it's eleven percent bourbon barrel aged imperial stout coming out of Allegash. It's almost becoming like a lot of breweries had to have
2: a IPA or double <coughs> IPA. It yeah. almost becoming to the point where breweries have to have
1: a barrel aged imperial yeah. stout. It's becoming that common. When so. you're getting into uh, anything, where you're getting the barrel aging, that's the first one to go into. Then you could play off of that. And Allegash, I mean, they've been doing this for a long time. They've been playing with barrels for a long time. So kind of going to be interesting, just because they usually do Belgian styles.
2: Well, I mean, it could go Belgian and. and Belgian Influenced Imperial Stout I mean they do make the black Which I believe yeah. is their Imperial So they might just kind of Tweak that recipe And throw it in a barrel But we'll see I mean i guess You know their their beers Are pretty top notch yeah. so I'm sure they'll, they'll do something
1: nice Well let's get into A little bit of the beers We have this week Now uh, I said we're doing some aged ones but we're not taking a look back like last week Matt and I did a retrospective on, on 2015 now this is kind of taking a look much further back and then just we did this once before when we had Patrick Dawson on uh, he wrote a book called Vintage Beer which I highly recommend you pick up uh, it's on a lot of I don't like to just plug one thing but I'm a big Amazon so it's on there uh, it's a really easy to read book and really dives deep into everything we're going to be talking about today even in a much more uh, involved level where they really he, he broke it down onto what beers are great for aging, flavors that drop off, when they drop off, what new flavors develop, because that's something that it's an interesting thing to get into because you don't really think of beer as being like wine in that way. No.
2: No, and and with the I mean the first beer we're doing, which is the Rogue Excess Imperial Stout, to me that's a beer that almost has to be aged out the shoot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's some beers when you get into it, like right right away, they're almost a little too heat, like the alcohol heat's a little too strong or or certain flavors a little too sharp. Um, and the only way you really get to understand that is by letting the beer age and letting those flavors kind of dissipate and see what else comes about. Now, the first one, as Matt said, we have is from Rogue. This is their excess Imperial Stout. This is a 2007 bottle that I actually comes from my former co-host, Mr. John Kennedy, uh, gave me this one a while ago and had been sitting on. It. It's a beautiful swing top bottle and a ceramic bottle. Um, but it's from 2007. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're getting into around the nine year range now, if you are going technically by the year, I don't know when they, they do this one. Um, if this was a year round release at that time or how they do it, because they've kind of, we are trying to figure out too, they've, they've changed the bottles where it was in a smaller bottle for a period and not in this. And then now it's kind of available in both it seems, but I don't see this swing top ceramic bottle as often, but it's floating around. Um, but it's 11% ABV Russian Imperial Stout. So, I mean, that's that right there is a style that's that's perfect for throwing some age onto it.
2: Yeah, I've had this one fresh. For me, like like I said, this one fresh. To me, it's a lot of undeveloped flavors. Not that it's super hot or super sharp. It's just that. It just needs time to kind of grow and hash out. I've had ones as old as 04, and they're awesome, and this one is really good. There's a little bit of like, this one, is a little bit of like a, a mustiness to it, mm. um, which I don't mind because I love aged beer, but it just, uh, it's, I love it. I think it's it's drinking pretty awesome. A lot of people would be like, oh, no, this is too old, you know, it's yeah. kind of getting a little bit, you are lost some of that roastiness. It's still there, actually, quite a bit, but you lose a bit of the roastiness and a little bit of that booziness, but I think it's pretty awesome. What are you thinking, George? Since you're nodding your head, yes. I was going to say the same thing as Matt, like verbatim. Uh, I would have added roasty toasty, but <laughs> yeah. But you no, know, it's a, it's it's a good beer, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the biggest rogue fan. Yeah. Um, but with this beer being aged, to me, this is the beers that need to be aged. Like I love me barrel aged beers, but to me. Non-barely aged beers and bottle-conditioned beers are the ones you really want to eat for the long haul. So this one with its ABV does it just right.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, one of the first flavors is going to drop out in any beer, regardless of style, is the hop profile. So when you're talking a Russian Imperial style, like those were mainly there to give a little bit of bitterness, but more for balance. So that's not overly just too sharp and too acrid from those like roasted malts. So when that drops out a little bit, like you, you there's like nothing hop wise. You don't get. It, it's just really straightforward uh, roasty imperial stout it doesn't have that that's the main thing that maybe changes over time with different styles you'll see that is the the hot profile is really going to be the first thing to drop out which is why you're not supposed to age IPAs or double IPAs, nor in the normal range of what's in a single and a double IPA, you don't want to age those because that's the flavor that you want out of them. Yeah, so that's why you should have them fresh.
2: It's 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 a unique thing too. That's why I like a lot of people when I, and I taught them about aging beers, they kind of like try to stick to a steadfast like um, uh, uh, rules when it comes to aging beer. But it's it's cool to kind of jump the shark and then age some weird stuff just to just yeah. to see what happens. Like yeah. a perfect example, Billy from Backyard uh, gave all of us, I believe, a bottle. Of the 1,000 IBU from McKellar that yeah. was about five years old. Yeah. I really dug it because at that point it ended up becoming just caramel goodness, almost like an English barley wine. Even though it was supposed to be hot for it, it turned into something that was pretty cool, even though that's not what it was supposed yeah. to be.
1: No, it's a definitely interesting uh, experiment to do. But we'll be back here on uh, WLK, The Beer Geeks. We have more beer to drink and a lot more to talk about as far as aging beer in this brand new year. So stay tuned here on WLK with The Beer Geeks. Think you're fat? You might just be bloated. Find
0: out by calling now for a free trial of New Biotics, the new breakthrough that flattens bloated bellies fast. For a free trial, call 1-800-791-9948. I used to be plagued by pot belly and constant bloating. After taking New Biotics, my belly flattened and continues to get flatter. My sense of bloating and discomfort is gone. If you've got a big belly, you might not be fat. You might just be bloated. New Biotics is scientifically formulated with natural ingredients to flatten bloated bellies fast by cleansing pounds of rotting food and toxic sludge from your body. It even combats periodic heartburn and acid reflux. So just think how much better you'll look and feel. Think you might be bloated? Call now for a free trial of New Biotics and see how much flatter it makes your belly. You might be surprised, but hurry call now for details while these free trials last. 1-800-791-9948. That's 1-800-791-9948. 1-800-791-9948. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Scranton and Wilkesbury? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Stan Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Scranton and Wilkes-Barre area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Scranton and Wilkes-Barre are perfect markets for my system. And next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties.
3: To get two free tickets to Fan's Workshop, call 1-800-266-1959. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Fan's Money for Deals guide. That's 1-800-266-1959. That's 1-800-266-1959. Dining, entertainment, adventure.
0: Get it all at half price or more at GetMyPerks.com. You'll save money with great deals from your favorite restaurants, family fun centers, golf courses, and even half price tickets to local events. Looking to showcase your business in a unique way? Call Ryan Abcroft at 883-1111 or go to GetMyPerks.com to find out how to get your business involved. Plus, be sure to check out GetMyPerks.com daily for the next next perk of the day, that's GetMyPerks.com. I, the product,
2: never use it. I hear the the DJ.
1: A classic. Yeah. A true classic. <laughs> it's one of those songs that, I would say, it's kind of hard to believe this became a popular song. It's awesome. I love the song. It's just so avant-garde, this, if you will. This, this it's, has to be. it's 80s, right? But yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I, yeah, I guess everybody man. was so, uh, you know... Look back at the things <laughs> from the 80s, man. Oh, yeah. Nothing nothing makes an ounce Captain of sense. Captain Lou Albano. Just look at him, okay? Oh, how dare you <laughs> besmirch the name of Captain <laughs> Did Ken? I What's, make fun of him? I said, look at him. What's <laughs> next? The Super 80s. Mario Brothers TV show wasn't the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Listen, Super Mario didn't tape rubber bands on his face. <laughs> 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 no, he had him on in the show. Didn't he have his beard? I don't even remember. I might be just superimposing his face into when he was on... You remember he was on Super Mario, don't you, or no? Yeah. Did he have a rubber band on his beard then? I don't remember God, I don't, I'd have to revisit that one Uh oh Wasn't he in a <laughs> nerd Nerdfowl Yeah I
2: thought you were The WWF expert here Yeah I know no, Oh that's true e now oh, oh we're talking about
1: The 80s buddy. We're talking about The F buddy <laughs> <laughs> right. Talk about the F. All right, so uh, we are back here. <laughs> this is a the beer geeks, a beer show, um, but uh, we we are now getting into another beer. We just poured in our glass, and this is another one's interesting. This is from 2009. This is from BrewDog. This is actually batch. Well, actually, we were discussing. I don't know if it's 2008 possibly, or I don't know. But it's it's this is batch 001 from BrewDog of their Riptide uh, American Imperial Stout. 8%. So, this is kind of one of those ones. Uh, one of the main things you want to pay attention to when you're getting into aging beer is the ABV. The, the bigger, the better as far as aging it will go. This kind of isn't that precipice of, eh, you know, it, it can, but it's not really something it's highly recommended to let age for a long period of time. This was just one I stumbled upon and came across it. And it, it's interesting. Like, I've had, I've had a couple bottles of it, and, and some of them have been dead on. It's, it's thinned out a little bit, but you can still tell it was a stout. That, that's the thing Like sometimes you have beers That when they age out You get you don't even know what it was To begin with
2: Yeah I mean it, Definitely oxidation going on But um, you, you still have a lot of good flavors there It's a little bit thinner You have a little bit of Kind of like wet papery Kind of cardboard thing going on But at the same mm-hmm. time You're getting a little bit of Like, like I like to call Raisin ediness, Where you get a little, little Bit of chocolate covered raisin Going on yeah. Which is what I covet in My age beers So you have your goods You have your bads I like this Even though there's flaws in it Yeah Um just to go, it just to show you what oxidation could do. Um, there's some ways to combat that. Do you know what I mean? Like if you take your
1: beer and you take care of it well. Yeah. You let's can actually, get into that a little bit. We essentially get into that. If you, if you want to age your beers. Yeah. How do you age your beers in general? Uh, in mine, it's kind of, I, I set them in the basement, uh, kind of leave them there. I'm not, I'm not, as long as they're in a cool, dark place. My basement yeah. doesn't really range in temperature too, too much. Uh, so I kind of leave it in there. It's usually around 60, yeah. 50, 60s. That's the best way to do it. I mean, that's the way most people do that. Yeah. It's like if you go to
2: like, like, like Hall of Fame bars out in like Europe, like the Culminator or places like the Wilderman. that's what they'll do. Is. but throw them in the basement. But if you want to do it at home, it's typically the same thing. If you yeah. want to be overkill. Um, I ordered a barley wine set of beers that were like five to eight years old, and the person just wrapped really tight electrical tape around the edge of the cap. And every beer that was, it was, like I said, anywhere between, I think, five to eight years old. Perfect, yeah. zero station and all. Of them. I've never done that, but it worked
1: for him. Yeah, that, that's one people can do that. And the other thing, if you really want to get fickle, Waxing. yeah, you could di- you do your own wax dipping at home. And that yeah. that's like that's what you see if if you're not familiar with this, like the, the idea behind it. Um, I'm sure you've seen some bottles at a bottle shop that have a wax sealer on the top. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks cool, but that's not the only reason they're doing it. Yeah, uh, that is a total way to keep any oxidation from going on because it's a complete airtight seal around the top of that beer that. The only way you're going to do it is when you cut that wax seal and open it up. But that is meant to allow that beer to age for a much longer period of time than it otherwise would. Because even the best seal on a beer cap... Is going to allow seepage of, of some oxygen into it over time because it's just you know it, it, it's what it ends up happening unless you have something extra on top of that to protect it whether it be tape or which is kind of like the uh, remember when you used to be able to copyright things by mailing it to yourself yeah. that's kind of that yeah. makes me think of. <laughs> I do remember that
2: I, don't, I still to this day don't know if that's no, really it, it, true it really wasn't true I remember I remember <laughs> actually, I believed
1: it I did too when I was younger and I brought that up <laughs> in a copyright law class and the look I got from that professor was like oh I'm an idiot I guess yeah. that's not true so yeah never really technically if you were Zoom would have protected you, but that's kind of that makes me think of is it. like that. That but if you really want to do it, a wax seal is, is perfect, and just get like right. Don't get vanilla sent in wax, mm. or don't get like a Yankee candle, and just dip it in there after you have it for a couple hours. It's, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. If you go if you go into YouTube's,
2: and um, <laughs> what's that like, man? How you doing YouTube? Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can actually like. Look up different ways of waxing. There's some people yeah. that do it with actual. You can buy actual like legit good wax. Yep. There's people that make them with a mixture of crayons and hot glue sticks. There's there's a, yeah for coloration and stuff like you that, know. and they all work really well. Some of them are more brutal to get off than others <laughs> um, but there's yeah there's different ways to do it yeah. um, just don't if you have a cork and cage bottle don't sit it on its side like it's wine like yeah. oh yeah that You'll is, ruin it yeah a couple things you can have corking which is actually a disease that is in a cork bottle if that's actually in a cork itself then it can make the beer go bad regardless but then like it's not like wine where you sit it on your side yeah.
1: it's the, the best thing for me for beer is even whether it's corked and cage or not like I don't let it sit on its side period because yeah. even if, if you do like, again it's a regular cap like one it's not. It's not good to have that contact with it for a long period of time, anyway. But also, even if it was fine, like you still have to pick it up, and then you have to worry about sediment. Because that's something else. As uh, you let these beers age, like you've you've seen them on bottle shelves, uh, the bottle shop shelves. Like there's a lot of sediment in the bottom. That's not a bad thing. Like yeah. I've, I've seen people in a bottle shop like, "Oh, what's that?" and they keep on moving it's like no that's not a bad thing that means it's been sitting there for a bit and like okay i shouldn't say it's not a bad thing it can be a bad thing so it's not meant to be sitting there no. for a little bit um but that's just really like you know hops and, and things that weren't filtered out that were in the beer they will just settle on the bottom over time and after a couple of years years there's no way you're not going to have some sediment going on yeah so i mean you, you don't want to you really don't want to drink that so as you're aging these beers I am not. I mean, you can. It's not going to kill you. It's just you're going to get a different flavor at the bottom of that bottle. It's very Ron Popeil. You just want to set it and forget it. Set it it and forget it. (laughs) You you don't want to screw with
2: it. Um, Yeah, the thing is a couple things. Like temperature is important. Obviously, you don't want to have 80 degrees and you don't want to have 30. But a lot of people are like, it has to be 55 degrees. And if it's 58, then you're screwed. If it gets, you know, mid-60s every now and then, don't worry about it. If it gets in the 40s, don't worry about it. Don't move it. Yeah. Don't light is
1: way more important than uh, temperature variation. It's not getting into like 90 yeah. Like you're, As long as you're not for some reason going, oh, I'm going to put up my attic. I'm going to take a the spray. Yeah. I'm going to put yeah. up my attic. Like, yeah. When you're doing that kind of fluctuation, that will screw with it and ruin yeah. it. Um, but it, basically, if you have any idea like uh, of how to age wine properly, it's very much the same for beer. It, it's very the similar profile if you have any idea of it. And like, yeah, you can get, like they have like a wine fridge and like, you can get a fridge for the beer is definitely the ideal way to age it out but realistically for most people including myself that's not going to happen i'm not going to have a separate beer aging fridge and uh, like
2: for those super nerds i don't i have a separate beer fridge that i keep my beer in when i keep it cold you know yeah. what i mean oh, yeah, but, yeah. but um if if, if you want to do it a lot of home brewers do this too they'll go out and actually regulate their fridges and you do the same thing if you want to do age beer and if you want really want to go overboard you can go get yourself a, a nice big fridge and then go buy and go on YouTube's again. You buy a regulator, and you can actually regulate the fridge because most refrigerators stay yeah. sub forty or between forty-five to thirty. You can actually get a regulator that'll actually make it cool between sixty and fifty, and then you can throw your beers in it. And yeah. it, it doesn't cost as much because it doesn't have to stay as cold. Simple stuff. If you want to go over the top, that's what I'm saying. So, but cool dark. Place
1: that's all you. Yeah, need. Yeah, that's the, the the best. thing is just if you can find it a place in your basement for it. That's like even if it's a closet in the back of your basement, maybe a finished basement, that's fine. Like that. That's really going to be the biggest thing is you just don't want something that's going to really range in temperature for everything. All right, so now we're, we're moving a little closer. Uh, we just cracked open a bottle from Avery. This is their Czar, another Russian imperial stout. This is from 2013. What's the ABV for the this year? I think it's on the left side of it. It is a total of 10.3% okay. alcohol by volume. Yeah, the, the the thing that's interesting is Avery especially, like they're very, if you ever looked at some of their bigger beer bottles, uh, very meticulous about the ABV, getting yeah. it on there, and then it ranges from year to year with them, and that's one of the things you're going to have as you're in these bigger beers, uh, is it is going to range sometimes dramatically from like... 10% one year to 8% one the next year to like 14 the year. It just all depends on the brewing process and how things attenuate and what, what happens. Sometimes you will have that using the same ingredients. You're just going to have this wide variant of ABV range. There's a lot of, I mean, Avery,
2: again, I can't speak enough about them, but there's a lot of, when i speaking of Russian Imperial Stouts, there's a lot of variants. Um, there's a, it's like there's American barley wine and English barley wine. There's... Americanized Russian Imperial Stouts and his Russian Imperial Stouts. You have the old school yeah. Russian Imperial Stouts, which are, they have a ton of hops in them, but it's all for balance and they're pretty much malt forward and they're robust and really kind of just uh, delicious. Delicious. I love them. But then you have an Americanized ones like North Coast North Coast Old Rasputin is probably mm-hmm. the most important one or most popular one that's really hop forward. This kind of falls somewhere in the middle for me. But the thing is, this is by far one of my favorite Russian Imperial stats to get a little bit of age on. Yeah. They all get better with age. But once this hits about two, right about now, two mm-hmm. years
1: or so. It becomes so awesome It's not even it's funny. just so smooth Yeah like that, That's the thing It's like I, I love that with Because a Russian Imperial Stout uh, And that, that's kind of a style That's tough to give to people that are just Kind of getting in the crap beer Because it is uh, The best way of describing it Is sharp when it's mm-hmm. fresh and it can be a little too much for someone, but you put a little age on that and it's so shocking. If you do this side by side, that's the one thing that's cool too. With some of these beers like like Avery's are, they're pretty readily available, not super expensive and it's a great little experiment that you can do for yourself is, is just get a couple different years and do a vertical of that and just see how it goes. And it's even more dramatic when you go from brand new to like three, four years Yeah, and it's the same, same beer. And, and you'll just see what those flavors do. And you can, and then that sharpness, that like we said, will really jump out at you. You'll understand what that means. And this
2: is, if, if you ever want to know a definition in between of what you're talking about, which is basically rounding out a beer, mm. get a fresh one of these and get an aged one of these. Because when you drink this aged, you get this punch, actually, when you first get it in your mouth where you get like almost, I, I want to say like super dark fruits, but in this chocolate and a little bit of roast. Yeah and you get this alcohol kind of vapor and you're like, okay, and when I swallow it, it's going to burn, but then it goes down so smooth, it's mm-hmm. not even funny. So it's like, it's tricking your brain to be like, uh-oh, get here ready. comes the heat, baby. I'm <laughs> yeah. throwing, them, throwing them a heater, Ricky. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? And uh, it just goes down <laughs> super smooth. <laughs> now, that's one thing that's interesting too with a lot, especially Russian Imperial Stouts, is when you have them fresh, the, the you're getting like this bitter chocolate, bitter coffee, that, that's where that sharpness is coming from. And as those age out, these red fruit, like dark red fruit like, flavors yeah, like come in. Over, almost rotten cherries on this one. They're yeah. th- delicious. And you, you, don't, you wouldn't think of that necessarily when you first have one unless you have an aged one, and then those flavors kind of make sense in your brain. But when you first have a fresh one, you wouldn't ever think of those flavors. And that's what's interesting with aging is that's what winds up happening with a lot of these beers is they'll develop flavors that you may not even have thought that yeah. We're going to come in, in into that beer at all, and they make complete sense and they, they really complement things. Like, unless you get to where it goes out too far, and then something you said, like with like the riptide, you get a little bit of cardboard flavor, and that's just from that oxidation. Like, now if I if those were wax dipped, who knows where that would have been? Yeah, who knows? But it's also one of those things a lot of times when people
2: talk about age beer, they take what they hear for truth, mm-hmm. and not that you don't want to have um, you listen to people and get experience, that's awesome, uh, but. Oh. Always drink some Whatever you get At least buy two And drink whatever you get fresh Because you don't know Where something went If you don't know Where it began yeah. So you have a lot of people Get beer Oh I'm going to age this beer out And be like Oh what would you think of it And be like I have no idea yeah. I'm just going to wait 10 years Or I'm going to wait Five years to drink And be like Then how do you know What what yeah. happened You know what I mean Of course it might taste great But it's cool to know Where things go Like I get a lot of beers Every year is one of my jokes I make I always pick up A, a four pack of um, Of uh, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot um, And uh, And it's, I don't like it fresh
1: But I drink no, one every year of, Just yeah. to see what it tastes like that, That's one of those beers A lot of people make that compliment like comment That they, it's fresh It's it's too harsh It's yeah. too much It's too hop forward That's not even enjoyable And that's one thing that's funny too Is like most people that are You know claim to be super hop heads Like I love it Hoppier the better yeah. Get a fresh barley wine then Yeah And like they don't I think a lot of them don't get that It's like no If you love something that's super hoppy And you've had beers that aren't hoppy enough Get a fresh And I mean a fresh barley wine and then see what you think, because that is super hoppy. I think one of the things that we sub, un, uh, unconsciously,
2: subconsciously, not unconsciously. Unconscious. No, no, unconsciously. We're yeah, about beer no, unconsciously. we no, yeah. <laughs> uh, Subconsciously, <laughs> don't realize that a lot of beers, American is hops. That's I mean, we make more than just hop-forward beers, mm-hmm. but that's what we're known for. A lot of beers that are meant to be aged come from overseas. They come from yeah. England. They come from Germany, Belgium, the whole nine. A lot of those beers, and we're talking about this right before the show, take a long time to get here yeah so a lot of people don't realize they're drinking an aged beer they don't even realize it like i've been to bars around here where i ordered like a west mall triple and i get it and it's best by 2012 yeah. and then no one ever looks at the date so now i'm drinking like an eight-year-old beer and it's delicious yeah. people pick up and go oh this west mall is delicious and they go pick up another one and be like oh it doesn't taste as good this yeah. time because you're drinking an eight-year-old beer versus a four-year-old yeah. or one-year-old beer so you get these aged beers you don't even know it So that's the kind of thing where you have to not know, study it, but just know the difference between what's ageable, what's not, and what's good age and what's not good age.
1: Especially when you're getting into those Belgian styles or like English barley wine styles and they're coming over big and they already have some age on them and you're trying them and then you then are going to compare, like, no, look, I'm not saying all American brewers that brew Belgian beers always knock it out of the park, but there are some that are really good that I think kind of get... Pushed to the side because they're used to these Belgian beers. Well, they're coming over with maybe a year (laughs) on it of age, so that smoothness is there. So you're getting a fresh one from them, yeah. And you're going to compare those two, and it's you're not comparing the similar thing there. So you're going to have to like let that sit out a little bit, and then you can kind of really see where it is because that's a lot of those beers that are coming over have that age and have that. Character developed that you want in the beer that you're not going to get fresh because that's not how it works.
2: Yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons why you want to kind of learn. But typically, Belgian American beers are two years. Best Buy uh, European yeah. beers are five years. Typically, Belgian beers are five years. Best Buy. So if you get one that says Best Buy this year, that means it's five years old. And if you get American Best Buy this year, it's usually two years old. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's like the chain of command from getting a beer from like from Avery to here is weeks. Yeah, do you know what I mean? A sh- chain of command to go from Belgium to their distro to their international to sh- wherever Shelton Brothers, wherever to the U.S. distro to here is a y- about a year. Yeah, unless it's Orval, apparently. Yeah, but um, <laughs> like, uh, so it's like you need to take that into account when you're drinking that stuff.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff within that, and then like with, with we're saying like you know aging the beer. The one thing you want to pay attention to is the ABV and looking at the ranges on that. That's a good starting point when you're deciding what beers you want to age. There's a lot of factors, and we'll, we'll start to get into a little bit of that after this next break, but I just want to let you, we'll, we'll start it off getting into a little bit of the ABV when we come back, and we'll go over some of the ranges you can kind of take a look at as we have a couple more beers to finish out here. So stay tuned here at the Beer Geeks LK. Sample comes with a 90-day order. Copays and deductibles may apply. If you or
0: someone you care for are using painful urinary catheters, Medical Direct Club can help. There's a new catheter that hurts less, and you can get a free sample with free shipping by calling now. Pain and urinary tract infections can be avoided if you're using urinary catheters. The new disposable catheters from Medical Direct Club hurt less due to an incredible new design that reduces pain by gliding easily and effortlessly. Old catheters can scrape and cut, causing pain and infection. These new catheters from Medical Direct Club are changing the lives of people who use urinary catheters. Medicare and your insurance will pay for up to 200 of these new catheters per month at little or no cost to you. Medical Direct Club handles all of the paperwork with your doctor and includes lifetime free shipping when you join. Membership and a free sample are free, so call Medical Direct Club now, 1-800-600-3037. That's 1-800-600-3037. End painful caffeine today. Call 1-800-600-3037.
3: Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-591-5320, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-591-5320, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-591-5320. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-591-5320 now.
2: Salvation, consideration,
0: rehabilitation these are the values behind our values the results of your shopping and your generous donations doing the most good takes an army of shoppers who
1: understand the salvation army family store for salvation and savings though helping hand
2: this is Wilk, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA.
0: Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet. When you touch my hand and you talk sweet talk, I get a knock in my knees and a wobble in
2: my walk, and I'm trembling. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm trying to think. Of. I don't I know who this Apparently, is. Apparently, his walk know. is he's weird come and come he's trimmed so he's
2: got the DTs or something. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're what? killing me. What is this? Who is this? The Blasters, Phil and Dave Alvin.
1: Uh, I was on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) George was about to say it, apparently. So, oh, well, we tried. Uh, So we're back here in the beer gigs, have some more aged beer working through. Um, Now, they said before the break, one of the main things you want to pay attention to as uh, an easy guide to to start getting into understanding what beer is good for aging. You want to take a look at the ABV in it because that's really going to tell you, because the the, the bigger the ABV, the better chances of that beer holding up over time is going to give you. That's just like a real easy idea to start with. And generally that means double digits. So if you see something starting around 10%, that's a good benchmark to kind of just start by to have a, a look at what beer is going to age out for a bit. Now, the bigger the ABV, the more it's going to age out for sure. And there are, of course, different you know things within that as well. But that's just a good starting point. Yeah. I'm, you're talking to the wrong guy, man.
2: Like, I just, <laughs> no, I think I, age out anything. No, no yeah. Age anything. Uh, 10% plus, yeah. obviously. I personally would go around like 8, 5 plus. Yeah. That's just me. But... In all reality I'll go I'll drink whatever Like at age Had whatever. some 1976 Amstel lights um, no, I w- Dude And I'm not laugh. Don't laugh I totally do that One of the I found Me and my buddy Found a case of La Latrap. La everybody here Probably has had La yeah. beers. beers uh, yep. Koningshoven Brewery From Netherlands We found a case Of La Trappe Ankle Never heard of it Neither did I When I found it And it was basically It's their single beer It's their table It's their Trappist Uh, Table beer They haven't produced it Since 2004 We found Best by 96's About three years ago So you're talking about best by 96. So you're giving a a Belgian five-year roll. So you're probably looking right around like 1992 it was made. So we're drinking about 21-year-old five and a half percent beers. They were delicious. (laughs) (laughs) They were delicious. though. They they lost their carbonation. Do you know what I mean? There's some oxidation, but at the same time, I like that, and that, because I've drank so many old beers, I, I like that flavoring. But for other people, I'd probably turn them off. So. Yeah,
1: that's like these are kind of just if I'm giving out as a, a general rule yeah. of, a, of a good. Yeah. If you're just getting into this and you're not sure where to start, that's a great starting point, and you can kind of branch off from that. And as I said, if, if there's something that really interests you, go and pick up the uh, the book Vintage Beer from Patrick Dawson. I don't have one to give away today, unfortunately, but it's a great book and a great. It's an easy read that kind of gives you a real understanding of what's going on. Sign- Scientifically, and they actually took the time to do graphs on where beers aged out, what flavor profiles added, and when they dropped off, and then this whole breakdown of it so you can really see. And uh, it's just a great starting point with that. And, like, what we have now in our glass is from Stone. This is their Old Guardian Barley Wine from 2014. Eleven uh, percent ABV, still a lot of hops in that one. Still, like their like their they're barley wine. If you get that fresh, that is super aggressive when you pick that one up fresh.
2: Yeah, it's starting to it's starting to settle out. The the hops have fallen off to more like a um a spicy kind of earthiness, mm-hmm. but you're starting to get a lot of that kind of caramelly brown sugar come through on it. Yeah, it's almost even though this is a t- 2014 version. And weren't it just in the 2016, you're like, okay, it's not that old. It comes out beginning of February, so we're almost two years on this yeah. bottle. So it's just starting to hit its stride. In my perfect world, I would drink it's about three to five years old. That's yeah. where it would, like, wheelhouse
1: for me. Because then you're going to get, like, what's nice with the good aged barley wine is, you know, we said fresh. There's a lot of hops coming through. We let it age out that real... Sticky sweet malt comes through, and that's when I I like good barley wine. That's when it adds perfection. Is when you get that sticky sweet malt coming through with a subtle hop character. You want to have that balance. And, like, that's when it really gets into that, is, like, that three- to five-year range. Depending on what it is, like, there there are some, especially English barley wines, they hit their stride at, like, 10 years. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on what you're doing. What we're looking at, this is an American barley wine. And, really, the main difference is the hot profile, because when English barley wines are first being brewed, uh, you know, historically the hops that exist now didn't exist. Yeah. So you didn't have that super aggressive alpha oh, acid. It was and all the, Fuggles and Champion yeah. or whatever. It was just that straight up, just old school. Yeah. and it was just throwing it in for balance. It wasn't throwing it in to have a ton of hops because that wasn't really what people drank that yeah. much back then. So it was just really throwing it in for balance, and the hops that they were using aren't anywhere near what we have now. So that's where the whole American barley wine style kind of came out, which really started with uh, old uh, Foghorn from Anchor, another... Year that style that 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 brewery brought into existence that an IPA. I mean, where would we be without Anchor? I,
2: I still never had an old foghorn. Really? And oh, yeah, that's, yeah, a my really life. that's a really weird. Great. Yeah, no, that's one a of those great weird barley wine too. It's like one of those ones I just n- mumble, "Yeah, I've had it," and just don't tell people just because I don't want to. You've it's now been
1: shamed publicly. <laughs> it's like kind of saying I've
2: never seen Donnie Darko. I just I, just, I gloss <laughs> over it. Oh yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. Just because yeah. I don't want to argue about
1: it. I'm sick of people (laughs) telling me, (laughs) but there's like some really great ones, and that's what you want out of a good American barley wine. That's the main difference: is a fresh. It's very, very hoppy. Yeah, even when it ages out, it's not as uh, an English barley wine as that ages out is like sticky sweet. And it's and that's like the um,
2: that's the argument. Like a lot of people like I, I, I when I do like review stuff and I. I get a really nice American barley wine but it's still a little bit too hop forward for me I'd be like yeah I'd like to see this with some age on it and people will argue why don't you just buy an English barley wine then you know what I mean yeah. but that's not the point like it actually like an aged American barley wine isn't going to become an English barley wine it's yeah. going to become something different but at the same time I just think that's what it's meant to be. Just a little bit of age round out. Not as be as hop forward. So it, who knows? There's some people that love their Bigfoot straight. love oh, yeah. Definitely. Their Guardians straight, stuff like that. But for me... American barley wines are meant to be aged, like uh, certain some other beers are.
1: No, what was fun was last year Stone did. Um, they do. If you're not familiar, they do odd year odd beers, and last year's was Old Guardian Extra Hoppy. I I drank one fresh. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I had like I have to drink. It this. was. It was so. The only thing I can remember, I remember it almost being like this, like candy marshmallow. The hops were just so aggressive. It was like your palate couldn't even. Distinguish what was going yeah. on A little bit Yeah they do a lot of Odd beer beers so yeah. it's
2: just fun Like a lot of smoke stuff yeah. And a lot of like odd beers it's for, They do some fun stuff With that yeah. series they
1: do a lot of Really cool things with that And just basically They just kind of take Really known ones that they have And just screw around With them in some way And that's what they had Done with that one I mean that would be, I wish I'd hung on to one They aged out Just to see where that would go With that having more Hopping it done yeah. to But I didn't I had to have it fresh cause yeah. I should have bought two too I just yeah. Yeah. No I know You just saw it And it's like oh, I gotta try <laughs> that And then No, that's the one thing that's cool with, like, I love a good aged English barley wine because of that. So, I mean, really, it it comes down to the taste profile that you want out of the beer, which is a good uh, distinguishing factor if you even want to age it. Because, like, look, just because you can't age a beer doesn't mean you're going to necessarily want to because... As those flavors round out That might not be something you enjoy you might like It sharper like you might like That really uh, aggressive Russian imperial stout taste and as it ages You might not like it that much And You might be sensitive to some stuff like some people are Very sensitive to any kind of oxidation So that really starts to happen with the Beer almost immediately yeah so as that Starts going out there's there's really no way to Fully prevent that from happening somewhat
2: Yeah I mean it's also a lot About how uh, I think a lot of things whether it's Music food beer whatever it's how you brought up, how yeah. you were brought up in beer, and like I was brought up in, you know, Belgian beers and in old English ales like almost 20 years ago, so those are the beers, like I liked aged beers because that's what I was drinking because you're talking about 18 years ago, a lot of the beers were old because no one was drinking, yeah. you know, a lot of my favorite beers are, you know, North Coast Old Stock and Lee's and Thomas Hardy and stuff like that they are old, old, old ales that are aged because that's what was available in that kind of Avenue, But as far as, like, getting back to, um, you were talking about, like, general rules of thumb. A couple of things that I think people would, like, like to know <coughs> about, like, buying each beer is a couple things. The more dust on the bottle, the better, because that means it wasn't moved. If you buy things in cases, bottle shops. See, this thing is, back in the day, there wasn't a lot of bottle shops. It was all cases. If you go in a bottle shop and it's all windows and you're looking at like a, buying like yeah. a 10-year-old beer don't do it yeah. just don't do it you know what i mean yeah, like be paying attention to where <laughs> they are placed yeah. in the shop yeah. yeah like dust is good Cases are good. Even better if you can get them out of cases. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a light protection. That's more important. Stuff like that. And if you want to find an beer, just go to Jersey because it's like Mecca out there. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one thing when you go into bottle shops because we've all done that. We've all gone into some bottle shops and saw something and it's like, oh, wow. And then you realize like, oh, this has been baking in sunlight for however long this has been sitting here. Yeah. So. Even maybe this was at one time good. Like, I know I'm gonna be throwing my money away buying this. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not even a thought. Like, that's really what it is. If you have some beer sitting there baking in sunlight. It's just destroying that beer. Like that's what happens with it. Light, like we said, like you even more than worrying about temperature as much. Like you have it sitting in light, you could have it in a you know perfectly unmoving sixty degree room. If you have sunlight hitting it all the time, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's if, ruined. It yeah.
2: If you walk dead. in a bottle shop and they have windows, because almost everyone's going to have windows, you can't help that.
1: I'd be kind of seedy walking yeah. into a place like <laughs> no it, windows. <laughs> it, it's it's called uh, a beer, I, man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't think my first thought though if I walk if I walk into a bottle shop. If I walked into a bottle shop with no windows, I think my first thought would be, oh, no. What's it's called Sam the Beer Man. There's no the windows there. No, there's some in the front. There's a couple in the front. Yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. it's
2: called the doors. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you walk into a bottle shop and they do have windows, in, it, it, just pay attention. If, yeah. if by the windows they have cans and sours, yeah. you're usually
1: good because they've yeah. actually put thought into what's going, what's going up front. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a big thing. All right, so we're wrapping up with our last one now. This is one that George actually brought back. He was down at the brewery chatting with them, and uh, they actually threw this to us to be able to try on the show, which I'm very thankful that they did. Uh, This is from Blue Jacket. An absolutely phenomenal brewery. Uh, George, we had a couple other things that George brought back from them. And hopefully we're going to get them on the show this coming year coming up. They're from the D.C. area. Uh, they This is their Whiskey Barrel-Aged Double Mexican Radio. This is a 2005, 2015 vintage. 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 Yeah. So vintage this 2015. Is now, this is now last, this is last year. year. This is last year's beer. Um, but it's 11% ABV Barrel-Aged Imperial Stout with a little bit of spices thrown into it as well. So it's just got that little kick. Of a little bit of chilies and stuff in there, but not overwhelming. I you know, some people are really sensitive to spice beers. This isn't something I would put up with. Some of the other ridiculous ones that are out there. Yeah, there's. A, there's
2: um, um, do you know when this was actually bottled, George? Uh, Twenty fifteen mm-hmm. month. I meant. Anyway, no, I, there's oh, no, there's, there's a decent amount. There's a decent amount of like um, sweet bourbon. Like yeah. it's not super boozy, but you're getting a lot of like sweet kind of alcohol whiskiness from it, which I dig. This is a perfect example of a beer that would would be helped by having a little bit of time on it. Not that it's not yeah. great now. No, it's, it's phenomenal. Fantastic. But if you,
1: as I was just thinking, if you age this out, these flavors would just
2: melt. We were talking about marshmallow earlier. That's yeah. the big one I'm getting off this. Again, a ton of marshmallow with a little bit of like spicy chilliness with a little bit of cinnamon. Yeah. Um, But this is also something I would never age for, like, more than, like, two or three years. It it needs to be drank within a certain amount of time. You know, you wouldn't want to age this out too much because I think you would lose too much.
1: Yeah. This is one you're going to have to pay attention to as you're aging it. But, I mean, there's just so much in this. That's why I love when when a brewery, now, when you were talking to them, George, like, they're they're very into culinary things, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you can can really see that coming through as this being a beer that they kind of took a thought with pairing with food. With the flavor profile in this, that it, like, this would be really good with some, like, richer, like, a, like a nice steak or something like that, those spices. Like, everything would complement different flavor profiles. It's not just, let's put all these in the beer and see how it is. It's like, just no. put all these in the beer and then pair it with some foods to have all these other flavors going on within it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun beer. No, it's, it's a fun beer. It's, it's fun too when you see the, the beer because when when George brought back, it's like they, they don't have like the labels on. They just have a tag the hanging tag, which just, I love. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's just like a little hanging tag thrown in the bottle, really classic. If, if you haven't seen, it's up on our social media, um, but it's just like a really cool looking, simple thing, and just like I love seeing these breweries that are getting into, it, especially now as this is growing into that culinary angle. As it, as it should be, because, I mean, that's really what goes hand-in-hand hand with good beers you want to have a good food. Like, I mean, the thought of having this with, I don't want to besmirch anybody, but uh, a fast food thing, like a fast food burger that tastes like crap, I, it just kind of would take away from I think, a little bit. Like, you want to have something that really enhances both things. I would totally eat some White Castle. <laughs> oh, oh I said crap fast food. I did not say White Castle. That's totally different. <laughs> but like, it, it just—I love seeing those those thoughts going on. And we had Augie on from Carton, and like that was the one thing he was pushing with it. And it's just you see a lot more of people, I think, getting into it from that background because they go so well together like so hand in hand and now with schools putting these things up and and really working with everything that you're going to start to see a lot more of that coming especially in the new year and there's been so many books coming out now and all this stuff like there's there's just so much more information like that's what i love seeing about this industry and where it's going is the people that started it really started from a love of going over to another country and trying beer and wanting to replicate it here And they had to figure out how to do it themselves. If they didn't have homebrewing wise, you had bakers' yeast. You had nothing that gave you any flavor. You had to kind of really figure out how to do it on your own. Now we're the complete opposite, where we are like overwhelmed with information on different things to go. That like the United
2: States is actually starting to grab the, you know, grab the baton and really kind of start to lead some stuff. You see a lot of English, or not even English, European countries starting to cultivate their own like hop forward. Hops like their juicy hops and their piney hops and their citrus hops, and starting to kind of like mimic what we were doing, even though that's where we started from. And then we're starting to be really creative as far as yeast again. It all goes back to European countries, but we're starting to cultivate our own yeast and do wild yeast and do open fermentation and do a lot of things. And that's the thing, like, we were so like. We were perceived As so far behind For a long time That to the yeah. point Where people actually go, Okay maybe we're not We're actually not We're far ahead I think of a lot of Not ahead But neck and neck Because there's yeah. some Absolutely fantastic
1: berms. You no, don't want to say so One's better than the other Well we also have to Look at it historically With where we're coming yeah. from Like you know we're, We were so far behind The game Regardless, with hist- history of a country being around, and then you know, we fell even more further behind by having all this crap coming out for years and years and years. So, really, as far as being in the, the beer game, we've only been kind of looked at as being legit maybe in the past 20 years. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, which it's so- to boil some. Freaking, oh, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Man, oh and yeah, to
2: be like, screw those Americans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's that's the interesting thing about all this is just you know where we've come from to where we're going with everything. All right, you know, I always forget to plug stuff here on the show, so I want to I make sure I mention if you want to get in touch on our social media, I know a lot of people follow us. Uh, we have our Facebook, Beer Geeks Radio Hour, we have Twitter, uh, at Beer Geeks Radio, same Instagram, at Beer Geeks Radio, and also we have an untapped setup. So, if you ever want to try in the beers we have on the show or tag yourself in, where we have, we have a setup up as a location too you can just find us on untapped at at beer geeks radio so if you want to follow us on all this stuff i always forget to plug it every week and then i'm like ah crap i forgot Mm -hmm. again and uh next week we're not here no show yeah we're not here the next week which is a first for quite some i think our first miss since we've been here so uh there's gonna be a penn state game going on so that that uh usurps us every time so, we're going to be, we'll be off next week, which will be nice, a nice little recovery for us. And then when we come back the week after that, we're going to have Almanac Beer Company out of California. Really, really great brewery doing some really cool sours and some awesome Hop 4 beer. So, we'll come back strong and then keep on plugging away into the new year. So, we got a lot of cool things coming up. So, stay with us here uh, and uh, follow us on social media. You can always find out what's going on or get in touch if you have any questions for us and all that There's the music. And uh, we're good to go. So, until then, we'll catch you in two weeks. All right, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.